You can't just go around taking other people's penises, Dave. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. My name is Matt Lees and I am joined by Chris Bratt. Hello. Dave Scammell. Hello. And Steve Burns. Hello. And today we are the only gaming podcast that should probably be drug tested because I've had two slices of toast with Nutella on. Oh, yeah. I've been oh, caught by the police doing so. Yikes. And you appear to be working your way through the largest coffee I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's empty. I, I didn't mean to. The machine just... Yes. Are your started. eyeballs all right in your head? Because it looks like they want to... Uh, they feel like they're vibrating. Mm. Looks like they want to go a walkabout. Yeah. How's everyone doing today? I had a Red Bull last night, and I just... <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy. I had one this morning, and... <laughs> um, so oh, you're not a Red Bull breakfast person, are you? Mm, a little I bit. I don't, those people. I don't drink coffee, okay? You people have your coffee, and yeah, then normalise Yeah, but coffee is it. like... <laughs> coffee's like a natural drug. Lies. Whereas, like, Red Bull is just like, what's in this? B12. What's B12? Shut up. <laughs> Don't yeah. ask, Don't ask questions. 12, 12 Bs, okay? <laughs> exactly. Beats. Beats. And what have you been playing? He's been playing a game. I've been playing a lot of Skyrim mods. Yeah, uh, you have. Got a video actually. coming up today, hopefully. Should be good. Yeah, you've um, been looking at, like, because um, obviously Bethesda have said that they're not working on Skyrim anymore, right? Yeah, that, uh, that's right. The Skyrim team's now moved on to. bastards. I know. <laughs> Had enough of that shite. Um, <laughs> dragons, <laughs> dragons, fuck off. Yeah, not Pretty working much. on it anymore. They seem to stop working on it about halfway through development. Oh, hey, oh, oh, shots fired. That's a, yeah. a joke oh, for crazy. any of you that own yeah. a PlayStation. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's some interesting stuff on there, aren't there? Because obviously there's a couple of really weird adult ones, right? Yeah, but, uh, like, I saw the much... patch notes for one you were talking about, which was like, hey, it adds strap-ons so that women can have sex using the male animations. Yes, that's, it's co- like, that's, great. that's correct. I'm glad they've patched that in. Uh, I was wondering when that functionality was going to appear. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Game well, of the Year edition. The, the, main, the main kind of two hubs you use are like Steam Workshop and then Nexus Mods. And then on Nexus Mods... It t- tends to sort your kind of all the add-ons by which was most popular. Oh but God! It filters out. Are the most the, popular the ones? They are, well, you press a button and suddenly yes, there's quite a few. Um, and the most popular ones are the adult ones. Or yeah, you said that while rubbing your knees. Yeah, well, like, I'm just it just makes been, me. Oh, no, I no, spent no. A while on it's, it's, it's an anxious, it's an anxious reaction. Lydia, oh Lydia, <laughs> oh the things you can do to oh, Lydia, Lydia with a couple of mods. Can Let you me carry go. some more equipment for me. Lydia. I've seen images of like a Jessica Alba mod and things like that. Really? Yeah. yeah she doesn't fit into the setting. No. Does it matter? Yes. Yes, it does. All right. Well. I'm somebody who doesn't have any relationships with the people in Mass Effect because I feel as my, the, my the, I'm their boss and I feel it is unprofessional <laughs> to be engaged in any form of relationship Absolutely. with people. Especially when you're under a lot of pressure and you mm. get to this point where these people need me to be looking out for them. I don't want to be making snap yeah. decisions because I like somebody's bottom. I mean, that's just... <laughs> that would endanger the mission. It would endanger the mission. You and that's objective. why I'm a space captain. And nobody else's. Exactly. FTL. So what's your favourite... Um, FML. Yeah. FTL, FML, yeah. What's um, your favourite Well, I, I was... Apart I was, from the one with the horses in. Yeah. No. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, I think I think there's one called Moonpath to Elsewhere, which is um, it's kind of like a huge hour-plus quest line where you travel with a Khajiit caravan to their homeworld. Oh, yeah. And it's just someone's really put it, like an incredible amount of work into it. Yeah, it looked um, really nice. It's mm. jungly. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Uh, I, there's a, a few in the works at the moment that are kind of like, you know, the size of like a DLC. Um, so, but that's probably your best bet if you're looking for a big, chunky quest line to dive into. I like Skyrim, but if anything, like, I found it had too much content anyway. Um, I, 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 mm. got, I explored about two-thirds of the map, and then I just sort of wandered off to play other games. Mm. But I had this massive chunk of the map I just never went to. Um, which is a shame because you do have moments where you go, wow, this is cool. Mm. But an awful lot of it is just like, this is another cave. Yeah. Um, it gets a bit repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. But I found that with Oblivion and all, and all I, that. Yeah, I never got into Oblivion I didn't, at all. Not so much Fallout though, weirdly. Even though they're the same type of games, I found that Fallout mixed it up a little bit more than perhaps Skyrim. It did. did. It but, did. I think because the, uh, the characterization, the storylines in Fallout were yeah. better. I like the way you had those little micro stories where I think the difference is that like, in Fallout 3, when you have a little story happening in a little town, it's like the people are eating other people mm. and keeping it a secret. <laughs> Whereas in Skyrim, it's like, there is an ancient mage in a cave. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of cool for a while, but it lacks, it's kind of not very, yeah. uh, not a lot of depth. Yeah. And even the way when it's like, um, 
there was one good quest in Skyrim actually, which was one where you went into that house and you ended up like summoning some Daedric yeah, god the, or something. Yeah, the Daedric quest in general, and I it think was like, good. Oh, oh, what's going on? And um, it, it got really dark. Yeah, the one in Oblivion where there was someone murdered or something at a party. Yeah. Oh, that I remember is that one. That was always my, like the standout mission. It's the, the uh, Assassins, uh, the Dark Brotherhood questline isn't it i can't remember it but yes, it's yeah. now that i can remember the, the idea i've i've played definitely. yeah amazing but it's annoying that, because please. it's sort of like people will hate me for saying this but it's like can you just make the games less big mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd prefer it if if skyrim was like a third smaller but better in terms of yeah, the actual absolutely. game world or things to do yeah. in terms of the size of the in map terms of, or yeah, like, yeah, things anything. that you can do yeah in or... terms of the, the size of the map like, in terms of the size of the map and the size of the areas take a couple of towns out and just make them richer like, mm. because I get so tired of just having really two dimensional quests and not a lot of depth and not a lot of progression I like the idea of having that stuff where you can go back to a town and stuff has changed Fallout 3 did that to an extent but not that much mm. it was sort of like Megaton on off switch mm. I think mm. Open World should do that do that more. Bethesda um, aren't good at it, though, are they? They're not no. good at characters. I mean, that's why I hated Oblivion. Everyone was like, Oblivion is so good, you can set fire to dogs. And I was like, well, yeah, but all the people have faces made of clay. <laughs> and, create uh, a wrestler, default characters. I think, um, <laughs> I think I stole that joke from someone. Sorry. It's, I don't know. But um, with Open Worlds, with GTA V, I was really excited because I thought that you'd be able to use money like you've used bullets in the game before yeah you'd use money to influence your environment you'd be able to buy up the city but it seems you can't really do that so mm-hmm. i'm actually quite disappointed already but they did i that think with vice city right or yeah vice city, story, kind of yeah, vice city stories yeah vice city stories you could buy um you could buy shop fronts or whatever and use them as as fronts for um uh, prostitution or drugs and then when you did so you could go into different levels so you could do high volume and high turnover where mm. there'd be more attention and so <laughs> it was you know and with the gta 5 being about kind of cash and recession and how money moves and works it seems i thought yes i'll finally be able to buy you know i loved in vice city when you started to buy up the property and you felt like you were doing the scarface thing of controlling yeah. somewhere yeah. rather than just being a kind of tourist in another world yeah yeah gta 4 did kind of digital tourism and i was like oh and when i actually went to new york for the first time after i played for the very first time and it was after i played the game i arrived in times square and i was like really weird i kind of feel i've been here before <laughs> <laughs> because it's so good but i felt like in this one i'd be able to influence the city more i freaked my parents out big time with something similar like that when we went to the museum of modern art in new york and they have this this kind of like in addition to all the modern art stuff they have this kind of historical area where they have like all this amazing stuff and they actually have like it's almost like egyptian structures in this big room and they are actually like brought over from egypt or whatever they just nicked them whatever and uh, we walked into this room and i said to my parents i must be only about 13 i said i've been here before and they were like no no you haven't i'm like no i have i've been here before and i couldn't remember why but i was like in the next room around the corner to the left there's a roman chariot and then we went through this big room through the doors and there was a roman chariot there and my parents were just like what the fuck <laughs> they were properly freaking out and then i remembered a little later it's because it was one of the levels in um the original rainbow six and it was oh, i didn't realize when i was playing rainbow six that it was based on a real world place is that the first it was. in rainbow six it might have been i hope you've explained that to them since then i have they may, they may still be freaked <laughs> out I was like, oh yeah but then there was another bit where i was in italy and i was like i've been here before this is the tower of babel from soleil on the <laughs> So late on the Mega Drive, but it wasn't. <laughs> nah, just, just... Of course, it wasn't. The Tower of Babel is not a real thing. I know that now. I'm old enough. Oh. So, oh, well. what have you been playing this week, Steve? Nothing. What? Nothing, because I've been working. Scandal. I'll tell you oh. what, I haven't been playing Star Trek. Ooh. Yeah. What's that, Steve? Yeah, um, what's that? I haven't been playing it because the, uh, the people responsible for. Um, it. I heard it was out in America, Steve. I have said that they um, they don't have any copies. But it's they... out in America, Steve. I know. We're but... being told for porkies, basically. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I won't say this. I mean, it's just it's one of these things where it's like it's a game based on a licensed product, mm-hmm. and it's coming out in very close proximity to a movie of the Ooh. same licensed product. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen of the game so far in screenshots and videos makes it look slightly subpar. And now we haven't received copies mm-hmm. Not a lot for good science, review. Though. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say, shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, you, people moan all the time um, about PRs not sending games out. And you know what? From a certain perspective, I just think, okay, well, it's not. I don't own the game. You know, I didn't make the game. It's not mine to distribute as I wish. It's a bit sneaky. But I just wish they'd just say, you can't have it. 
because of this. No, just don't lie and say, oh, well, we don't have any copies in. Just say, look, we're not coming out until here. We've got copies. We're not, we're just not selling out. I'd be like, (laughs) okay, because when you lie about it and say, oh, we might be getting them in and then that date shifts maybe or something like that, you're like, oh, well, maybe we will. And you're like, no, come on now, brain. Especially when there there are other people on your friends list playing it. Oh, (laughs) I love that. We've been told that nobody has it and the people who are playing it must be well, we don't know where they got it from. And it's like, well, you're basically saying that like quite a large swathe of games journalists are thieves, um, which is quite a, quite a strong, strong message to throw out there. But um, yeah, I mean, basically, we haven't, you know, no Star Trek review on the site today. We may, if we manage to get our hands on a copy, we will make a video, an extended play yeah. of mm-hmm. us basically playing it for a little bit, just to give you a gist. I mean, I've, I've really got a bad feeling about this game, and I've had a bad feeling about it from day one. Um, but we'll see. It might be really fun. If it is, we'll let you know. My favourite bit from the video is a bit of B-roll, wasn't it? Oh, God, Where, that was uh, hilarious. We, uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't an alien take cover behind Spock? Yeah. And then the player character shook, uh, shot through Spock yeah. to shoot the alien. And Spock didn't seem to be reacting. He wasn't that bothered AI by it. Companion. He didn't Hologram. To, Hologram. <laughs> he wasn't reacting to either um, the player shooting at him or the enemy yes. or anything. That's just Spock, though, man. And he's, this was an official footage released by them. There was very little we could do with it. No, really? (laughs) No, seriously, we got the B-roll for this game we got given was one of the most shoddy bits of video I've ever seen. (laughs) It was only because of the stipulations given with the B-roll saying we couldn't use it without an interview or something that I wasn't able to just openly put it on the internet and go, oh my God, look at this, this game is terrible. (laughs) But I mean, the the thing about B-roll is you spend a lot of time to make sure you get the shots right. They usually often touch it up a little Mm -hmm. bit with some Mm. post effects and all this stuff. They must have just missed that one. And they, yeah. (laughs) It it really says a lot when, when the kind of the best, it's like... Oh, imagine like you're, you're getting invited to a fancy do and you're going to receive a Nobel Prize and uh, it's the, the biggest night of your life. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting dressed up in a suit, you just sort of like, I don't know, just, just go in with a hoodie and just uh, some jeans and, yeah. and you're really drunk and you're kind of falling up the stairs and you just sort of go, hey, that's <laughs> thanks for the prize. Thank it's like, you. this is your moment to shine and you just can't even stand up. That's what the B-roll's like. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Star Trek, well, um, unfortunately, we're not able to give you an opinion on the game, so no. all we've been able to do is comment on the marketing <laughs> campaign. Yeah. So, Whose fault much, is that? Four much. out of ten. Mr. Dave, the scandal. Yeah. Scandal. Dave scandal. <laughs> what have I been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of racing games oh. over the last few days because I went and drove a very fast car the other day and survived. Really? Yes. Why? It was a Christmas present I got, one of those red letter day things that I finally oh. used. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I drove a fast car, and then I was like... Which car was it, Dave? It was a Lamborghini... I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Gallardo or Gallardo? What colour is it? Yeah, I was going to ask Orange. 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 Fast colour. Very fast colour. I think it's only a proper Lamborghini if it's either orange or green. I read that somewhere. Yellow. Well, I didn't crash it, and I hit about 95 miles an hour, so I thought, I'm clearly a professional (laughs) driver. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I should think about a career change. So to validate this idea, I took to Forza Motorsport, first of all, thought, yep. Get back into this, and then I went to Need for Speed Shift. Yeah, you do seem to be like quite the racing game aficionado. I like races. You, I like d- you dip into them quite often. Yeah, it's your yeah. fallback. You've got a sporty car, haven't you, Dave? As well, like a real kind of. Well, sport. it's a Ford Focus. Yeah, but not gonna, no, I don't want to make no, it sound like one more of those, than it is. It's one of those with the you know the fucking it's got a spoiler the shooting on it. match. It's got a fuck, it's got a push button start on it. Wow, yeah, wow. Yeah. All right, Bruce Wayne. Electric <laughs> windows, everything. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Does it have heated seats? Mm, no, I don't think it's. Hey, come on now. It's a heated windscreen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See ya. Mum don't like it. It's got wave things in it. <laughs> my mum don't like my windscreen. She says it's like looking through a spider's web. Like, oh. Don't drive it then, mum. Anyway. <laughs> get out of my car. Why don't you get out of my car? Why are you always in my car? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But Need for Speed Shift isn't exactly the most realistic race. Do you reckon that, um, but, uh, like, driving games are your, like, comfort food genre? Possibly. Yeah. The, I think everyone has one of them, right? Yeah. Just sit there and... Well, I was like I was saying about Dead Island the other day. Like, you just sit there and mong out, so you don't yeah. really care about what's going on. <laughs> well, I kind Would you of... say that Dead Island should have come with some, some drugs? <laughs> just... Would you say Dead Island would have been a better game if, it, if the collector's edition had loads of spliffs in it? It I is. Think... It does seem like a game that's made for spliffs, <laughs> um, if I'm being perfectly honest. It does seem like that kind of... There's like, your box quote. I'm not really capable of, of kind of much high-level motor function, uh, but I'm quite happy to just mindlessly repeat something indefinitely <laughs> so if you are a massive stoner then Dead Island yeah. might be your game of the year GTA 3 was that game 
a long time just ago. Just driving the car I remember around. when I used to work a game and the amount of pre-owned copies we'd get that just had little bags in them. And then in the, in the afternoon, there was one time in the afternoon, this kid came back, he's like, um, can I buy back my copy of Grand Theft Auto? I'm like, sorry, mate, no. Then it's oh. like this little bag. Oh, oh dear. dear, dear, dear. I think I might have lost... Something. Yeah. Have you? No. <laughs> Can I just look in the box? No. <laughs> so look, I've left no. my drugs in the box and I need them back, kind sir. Yeah. This is awkward, guys, but... <laughs> yeah. Drugs? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, I think the problem with GTA 3, though, that you've nailed something there, and it's something I always thought at the time, is that it was like the way that Sony thought the PlayStation 2 was successful because it was so cool, and actually it was because it was a DVD player, and that's why they fluffed up the PS3 launch. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing kind of happened and increasingly happens with Rockstar, where they're just like, Rockstar, yeah, everyone loves GTA because of the amazing story and the characters. And actually it's like, no, people like having a city mm-hmm. they can drive yeah. cool cars into policemen mm-hmm. and kill prostitutes. And they yeah. don't really... T- Rockstar, I've kind of forgotten that. I thought in GTA 4 particularly, it was really hard to go on killing sprees. You got shut yeah. down really fast. Yeah, definitely. It was almost like the developers are trying to move away from that. Mm, but it's quite interesting because yeah. it's like that's how people want to play their games. Mm. And it's funny to see them well, publicly rallying against it and being like, no, stop it. Stop using did GTA our games. 4 even have all the tanks and that? I'm not no, sure it did, tanks. did it? No. No. I think oh. I know people who bought GTA 3 and Vice City and San Andreas, and the first thing they did was get the cheats. And that yeah. was their game. Yeah. And while started. I love GTA 4, and you know, it's very dry. I, yeah, it, I feel. I think with GTA 4, you have to go. You have to actually use. A, this is not like putting anyone who doesn't like it down. I think you have to use a bit more of your own kind of gumption or whatever. It's like imagination to go on those sprees because you don't have the tools readily available. Yeah. However, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. I I think with the ballad of um, Gay, Gay Tony. Tony, they they really knew. And I've heard some people refer to it as an apology for GTA. 4. I don't think that's correct, but you know they got that shotgun now. That mm. uh, maybe that came in one of them. Whatever the shotgun that just explodes cars, and uh, you know you had the you parachute, and the whole thing was a bit more kind of frivolous, and that's good. And I think well, with GTA Five, like, they're yeah. getting back to that. It seems like Saints Row has been like infringing on that old territory for ages. Oh, absolutely. But maybe going too far with it, maybe actually oh, alienating no. people. No, from the crack house to the White House is the greatest slogan <laughs> in video game. Have you seen the America gun? I think it's called the America gun or is the America weapon. All the guns stuck together. It's part of the pre-order yeah. pack. Is it Fire Eagles? No, there is a Flying Eagle jet, though. Of course there is. In the same pack. Game uh, of the year. I think this gun, <laughs> it has a minigun, a shotgun, an assault rifle, pistol, everything, just in the same I think weapon. it is. It is like the ultimate pre-order bonus and the fact that I think that those pre-order bonuses for games are always just dog shit personally <laughs> it's always like hey have a cool gun it's a some fucking cool dog's armor. breakfast mate have all the guns whatever they together. say in that Dead Island yeah I think that's yeah it's, it's <laughs> a fucking dog's breakfast you're damn right it is <laughs> but no the thing is I've, I slag off Dead Island but actually like I probably if I was in the right mental state I'm not saying on drugs hey. <laughs> I think I probably would enjoy it because I, I reviewed no, I didn't review actually, but I previewed Kingdoms, Kingdoms of Amala or Kingdoms of Kalur, as I always call it, because mm-hmm. I like drinking Kalur. Um, and I hated it. And I really didn't like it. I thought it was just empty, soulless, dull. The same. I thought it was Everyone just. Disagrees with it this. was so, like, empty. It felt like a real massive hole full of nothing. And yet I then took it home and played for about 40 hours <laughs> because, and the whole time I was just like this game is really bad and I ended up reviewing all the DLC for it and being like it's not very good it's just really bad and yeah it just had that kind of comforting repetitive yeah. like yeah. it's like being part, wrapped in a blanket the best part about that game um Kings of Amala was that they couldn't even spell the name of their own game right on their promo discs it said Kingdom of Amala so it's like <laughs> Brilliant, guys. Well, I love like, the fact that the game on. wasn't called Kingdoms of Amalur. It was called Reckoning. And yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur was the, the setting. Yeah. yeah. And it was planned as part of a series. And it's just like, that's such a, a cocky way to start yeah. a series. Yeah. Is to be like, this is going to be a major franchise. It's yeah. like, well, Episode it's one. one. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. My favourite bit in that, actually, was there was, a, there was lots of stuff about it that was a bit poor. But uh, um, my favourite thing was sometimes you meet characters, that, like quest givers, who were dying. And the way it would illustrate that they were dying was that it would just have them standing there without any expression on their face, but with vast amounts of blood constantly <laughs> spurting out of their neck. And you could just stand there on the menu, just mid-conversation, just watching pints and pints of blood spilling out of them and nothing would happen ever. 
until you finish the conversation then they die and it was just like who the fuck thought that was a good idea like why didn't somebody go yeah but guys is it not so is this not a bit of rubbish yeah <laughs> you're killing them really by ending that conversation pretty much you've just Oh, that's actually brutal. the game well it done. Was just, they couldn't even the be bothered to like have an animation of somebody going oh I'm not feeling very well yeah. they just stood there like even Resident painful. Evil did that the original Resident Evil when he found Enrico or whatever and he was like ah, I'm dying you know and then he died he didn't just sit there for two hours <laughs> pouring <laughs> blood out of himself they just I think they spent most of the development time making the moustaches look cool and I did appreciate that mm. but Kingdom's come just a on bit more. Anyway, anyone else been playing any games? I've been playing a lot of uh, Luigi's Mansion 2. Oh, have you? Still, yeah. still it's, by all accounts, I haven't played it yet, but everyone I've spoken to says bloody brilliant. It's game of the year. Really? I've only played an hour, or, or thereabouts. Sorry, I'm still having, having a bit of this problem, mic today. Um, I'll counterweight it, Dave. Thank oh, you very this much, is Steve. Go this is glorious. <laughs> um, I've only played about an hour, but I'm not feeling it. How many, how many missions did you do in that? Like a couple? Uh, I'm still in the first. You're cynic, Dave. Oh, so but have you done like, because each one's a little mission, right? Yeah, I've done three, maybe? Four. Are you not feeling it? I love yeah, it. We did mention this last week, and uh, you and Tom were talking about it takes a little bit of. Well, I hadn't played it really at that point that much. Tom, I don't think. Maybe I had started playing it. But no, I've, I've, I really like it. Tom said it takes a little while mm. to get going. I think the biggest problem I have with it is it's. And a massive contrast because something else we played earlier this week, last week, sorry, was um, a Link to the Past Zelda, right? Mm-hmm. And it was such a contrast of having the start of Link to the Past and me and Simon playing it, and it just doesn't tell you anything. Mm. It's like it, here's a lamp, go out into the rain, find the princess, and that's it. Yeah, and, and then it's like here's a sword and shield, and then it, there's never even a, any explanation of what you're supposed to be doing. And even after that first bit, it's like right, you're in the open world now, go nuts. And it's what the same with do? the original <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. Yep, it's like you've won a house. Here you go. And the problem with, I have with Luigi's Mansion 2 initially is the fact that you get given a, a DS, yeah. which is like your phone. And that's a nice touch. But for the first mission or two, it's like every 10 seconds it gives you a phone call to give you a bit of tutorial. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to a door and it's like, oh, tutorial. So oh, it's just then. like, oh. Oh, it's so bad. It's just like, come on, let me work things out. Like, yeah. At least use it so if I don't know what to do, clearly, then give me a call and tell me what to do. Um, but it's just so charming I love the way um, that Luigi is just and most reviews have covered this but I just love the way that Luigi clearly doesn't want to be there <laughs> and um, ranges between genuine like fear and and just aggressively not wanting to be involved in what's happening to just like oh, apathy of being like mm. oh okay and there's a wonderful moment at one point where it's like the first time it happens, he goes like, ah, and he really freaks out. And the second time it happens, he just sort of goes, oh, as if, as if like, <laughs> I've done that. oh, it's this again. Like, oh, I've just got to do it. And the sense that he doesn't really have any control over what's going on. And you're just sort of forcing him to go around doing stuff. And you realize he's just like, he's got so much character, whereas Mario has none mm. apart from, I'm Mario. Yippee. Um, but not, no, it's a brilliant, <laughs> it's a brilliant game, I think. I mean, um, it's quite challenging as well. It's not that difficult, no. but I like the way that all the puzzles are different and sometimes it does make you feel clever for working out some of the puzzles. You're yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I got stumped on one bit. I can't remember what it was, but it was where there wasn't an obvious door into where you needed to get to. I was right. just wandering around going, oh, what do I... And that was an instance like, you've held my hand yeah. for like the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Suddenly... When I need you. When I need you, I have literally no idea what to do. But now I'll give it, you know... It's simple things I love. Like there's a bit where you walk into a dining room and obviously with the hoover you can suck curtains and clothes down from hooks and basically anything cloth you can grab and pull yeah. into your hoover. And it's just this massive dining table with a tablecloth. And of course you sort of think, okay, grab the tablecloth and pull it in. And of course it does the thing of like everything wobbling slightly but nothing falling over. And it's like, you know it's going to happen, but it's just got so many like pleasant little bits and it's one of those games that's so rich with like the little details where you can tell they've spent quite a bit of time making something that is literally like half second payoff of being like you're like this mm. and it it's just made me smile a lot and I've actually had a couple of moments where I've been sitting on the train and just actually laughing out loud because it's like oh, this you're is one fun of those, one of those guys oh I sing on public tra- transport man I'm, I'm, I'm mental oh, I'm full on bonks yeah Crazy, man. Crazy. Oh, anyway, can you uh, whip out your news teats and give us My a look? news teat? Would you like to squeeze them lightly? Absolutely. Or, 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 I think we'll just squeeze a couple of stories out if you yeah. can, Dave. Oh, thank you very well. Lovely. No, I, think the, <laughs> I think the biggest story this week is probably the, the last remaining THQ IPs that got mm-hmm. sold off to probably people that we had <laughs> no idea that would buy them, basically. Yeah. It's sort of like, was it, was it the reason that these were the last ones? Because it was a bit like the dregs. 
Or... I don't know. It was Dark Side, it was Red Faction, Homeworld, things like that. Um, I suppose, I mean, all, most of those apart from Homeworld are things that haven't made money for a long time, so... Maybe, maybe, and, you know... I'm so, not saying that they're, they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad. Yeah. They're good. So, Homeworld went to Gearbox, who's yeah. trying to work out what to do with it. I'm not mm. sure what to think of that, No really. one seems um, to be doing it. I guess TimeGate will have a great time with that. <laughs> I mean, they're going to put... They've said they're going to try and put the original two onto digital platforms, so I imagine that's... For the amount they paid for it, which wasn't very much, it was just over a million dollars. They'll probably I mean, make their money back just on... Just on, like, digital sales. Yeah. So... Whether there'll ever be another Homeworld game again, I don't but know. But the thing is, but... Gearbox are a weird one in the fact that they clearly fancy themselves being a publisher. You can see it. Yeah. And they are a publisher, technically, but they want to be a bigger one. Yeah, it's like they want to be some sort of like media company. As a studio, they've clearly got ambitions above just uh, developing games. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do actually end up with Homeworld reaching out to a smaller studio that specialises in that type of game yeah. and getting them to develop it yeah. and then publishing it, especially digitally. Uh, I hope that's what they do anyway, because I don't think they've got the right experience no. to make well, no, a game. First person simil- shooters, isn't it? Mm. Well, yeah, it's a similar thing to what Nordic games seem to be doing with Darksiders. Nordic bought Darksiders, Red Faction, destroyed. They haven't got the... Sorts. I mean, I don't know a lot about Nordic games, but they I haven't got the money to Well, they haven't got any development games. teams, apparently. No. They're just a publisher. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're trying to look at what to do with Darksiders. I read a story yesterday suggesting they might be trying to tap up Crytek USA to do a Darksiders sequel, huh. who were ex-Vigil guys who made... Mm. I mean, that could work, I suppose. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, Darksiders is a really weird one. Mm. It's it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I think actually with direction, Darksiders could be good. I think what really looked weak with Darksiders 2 for me was the lack of direction. It felt like the first game was quite a simple proposition. It was like, we're going to make a Zelda game. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be called Zelda because we can't do that. But because of that, we can make it really dark. And basically, everyone wanted a dark Zelda game for years. Mm-hmm. And Darksiders was that. Yeah. And then Darksiders 2, they, they kind didn't of know went... how to add to it, really. Well, they, they just thought, well, let's make they all the cool things. things from everything else. Like, they, a bit from Shadow of the Colossus in there. And, and I don't sorts think they did it in a cynical way. I think they just thought, no, let's put cool not. stuff in. Yeah. But the way they added, like, the RPG items mm. and progression, it felt messy. It mm. felt like Darksiders was so simple. It's like, this is a Zelda game with God of War-style combat. Bam, that's an elevator pitch. I can deal with that. Yeah. But with this, it's like, this is a mishmash of lots of things that hardcore gamers like. And I just think... Oh, there's big shooting sections as well. Oh. When you had the kind of gun thing. Uh, it's just, I played the first game for what... I tried to get through it, this, you know, opening, but that opening did seem to go on for about 16 days. And then everything <laughs> that I saw, you know, it just takes so long to get going. I was like, oh, I'm bored now. And I think I agree with what he's saying, especially Darksiders 2. It's like, I was, you know, I haven't played it, but sitting next to the guy who was reviewing it, just kind of watching it for a few hours, like, this looks really dull. I really like the opening to Darksiders 2. And for a while, I was convinced it's going to be great. But I think maybe it's too big. I think again. it's too big again. Again. It's like, it's like there are four massive worlds. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to see more than one. Two would be good. You yeah, know, it's um, like Far Cry 2. When I was like, this game is this game is massive, and then I turned and went down to the bottom of the map, and there was the same size map again, and that's when I ejected the game and went, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> it does take a special kind of game to do that. Like I remember again, Link to the Past, which me and Simon did a kind of extended play on, was like I remember the bit where you discover the dark world and that, mm. and you just went, Oh what? This is amazing. <laughs> There's another version of this whole world to explore. And that was like, no, oh, that's so cool. And yet I, most modern games now, if it was like, oh no, you're in reverse world, I'd just be like, fuck off, I'm not playing this anymore. Like, but case in point actually was Devil May Cry 4, where it was just like, oh, yeah, hey, to, you're um, halfway through the game, now as a special treat, why not play the same game again in a slightly different order with Dante? At which point yeah. I thought, oh, jog on. It has to be a really special game to... I really, to I've been in so many arguments with Devil May Cry fans because I, I, I like the new DMC game and the the hate you get for liking the new DMC game is stunning but also the fact that most of these guys defend against saying that it's because Devil May Cry 4 was the best game in the series and it's like if you think Devil May Cry 4 is one of the best games in the series or even if you think it's a great game then you are wrong in your head super bollocks there's only two two good Capcom developed DMC games one and three one and three done two just like Metal Gear Solid Horrid. But the only game that I've, one of the games that I've played that I realised that I thought the game was coming to an end, and then there was quite a bit more of it, and I was actually happy was Resident Evil Three, mm. and so I got it kind of um, imported from America, or whatever. I wasn't that old, I don't think, and I got to when you fight Nemesis in the clock tower, 
well, you're just about to, Chopper comes in and it's just like an end of game FMV. And I was like, bloody well, good game that. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed that. And then he shoots it down. And I was like, yes, all right <laughs> then. More. Brilliant, you know. There's, There's but, nothing worse though than when you're playing a game and it's giving you all the signals and it's about to open up or something. Yeah, and then he goes, just, oh God, I can't think of a game like that to hand. But the bits where you think it's going to open up, it's going to open Halo up. Halo 2's ending is probably oh, like, oh, Halo 2 is Take the fight to them. In the next game. <laughs> My housemate was a huge Halo fan and he like got it on night of release sort of thing. And uh, the next day I came back, when I was at uni, I came back from my um, lecture, sat in his room and it had that ending cutscene, and he was like, yes, right, let's do this. And it ended and there was silence for what seemed like hours, like probably only about 10 seconds. And he went, what a load of fucking bollocks, threw the pad and stormed out. I was like, amazing. I, my experience Halo with Halo 2 was mental because I hadn't played the first game. And so I just played it split screen with another guy. And I was just like, yes, yeah, quite fun. It was just shooting funny little aliens. And it was like, I didn't. The cutscenes, but towards the end, we were just skipping them all because it was just like, <laughs> what is this nonsense? And I realised now in retrospect that, that it was like they focused on the wrong thing. They got fell so in love with the grand orchestral score that they started trying to make an epic storyline. When the first Halo game, I went back and played it in the CE, the kind of the bet edition yeah. they did. Mm. And it's like, this is just a fun sci-fi shooter. And it's really tongue-in-cheek. And it's yeah, really absolutely. like, it's funny. It's a yeah. funny game. Those little alien dwarfs. Yeah. Like, that's not meant to be serious. They, <laughs> then they left all of the silly stuff and mm. made it this sort of like, yeah, <laughs> And I guess that appeals to, like, if like, you're a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, but, but it has worked for them, hasn't it? That's oh, how you yeah. sell a ridiculous number of copies. It's true. And they've made a lot of so. money. But I just love the idea that people take the Halo story seriously. Yeah. And they do, because I went to a Halo Fest uh, a couple of years ago, which was a big thing at PAX that they did to celebrate their upcoming release of Halo 4 and all this stuff. And it was just mental being in a room with people who were like the biggest Halo fans in the world. And they were just like, clearly the story and the characters meant so much to them. Halo 4 storyline, you can't even like keep up with unless you've read the the kind of material that goes along with it. Yeah, I bet. I hate that shit. It has one of the worst lead characters in any game ever. What, Master Master Chief? Chief. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Chef. What's your favourite car? <laughs> the Warthog. Ooh. There's nothing to him, is there? There's no personalities in that. Halo, that 4, actually... Halo 4, maybe they tried to get around that. But I actually was at Halo Fest with um, XVG guy Martin Gaston, and it was just me and him sitting through about 12 hours of Halo-based lectures every day, slowly going insane and making each other chuckle. But every time there was a Q&A session, and we never did, we never had the balls to do it, but we were always wanted to stand up and say... What's your favourite Master Chief? <laughs> I like the green one. <laughs> and, uh, and it was amazing because every time anyone stood up for the questions, it was like they had these people lining up to ask the dev team a question. And every time, most of the questions was, I love Halo. And everyone would give a round of applause. And then they'd be like... Like it's AA or something. And that was it. And then they wouldn't really have a question after that. They'd just go, um... Is it, no, is it fun to make Halo games? <laughs> but Halo's genius... Right, I've got a Evil, question. I love Halo. Like, they'll be like me taking Resident Evil story seriously. And Halo's genius um, was, in its, was in its combat, was in its gameplay, and the way that it put action sequences it's together. Mm. It's so good. And I don't actually personally really enjoy playing the series because that you know the whole setup's not right for me. I don't really enjoy it. But if you just broke it down into a gameplay... It's so good, especially like the kind of you know, first and second games, essentially. And then, yeah, now it's all about Master Chief will return. And you're like, why? He's just a fucking bloke in a, in a green yeah. helmet thing. I didn't get the appeal of the Master Chief until... Because he was massive played. and he could... No, until I played the first one, when I played the remake of the first game. Uh, they brought on Xbox last year or whatever. And just feeling the way he handled, you did get the sense of you being like eight foot tall yeah. and moving like... Or the melee, where it's kind of like yeah. a little delay before it goes... Boom. It's just like, yeah, you feel like a badass. And yeah. they haven't really managed to replicate that in any of the games since yeah. as well. And maybe because they made it a bit more light and hoppy and I a bit more so, yeah. kind of suitable for the FPS crowd. But for the first game, it's just like, I am an unstoppable tank. You feel like... Mm. And a slow unstoppable tank. And you take so much damage yeah. as well. It's just like you're just walking towards them all gunning you down. You're like, ah, you're all going <laughs> to die. Robocop mode. It's Robocop. It really is. Uh, but yeah, so 
Red Faction is probably the most exciting out of the three. <laughs> going back to the CSQ stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think. What do you reckon? Nice switch. I really want a full spectrum warrior game. No, I Dave. I really, really want a full right. spectrum warrior game. No, please. You can't listen. I've got a big problem with full spectrum warrior, and I've been banging on about this in the office. And the reason is, is because You're talking nonsense. No, I'm talking nonsense. Okay, right. I cannot follow a series that was allowed to have the subtitle Ten Hammers. I'm sorry, who went... Right, guys, really? we've, we've got this game coming out. It's a sequel to Full Spectrum Warrior. Good, that did well. It's called Full Spectrum Warrior 2. No, no. Let's just call it Full Spectrum Warrior 10 Hammers. And someone went, that's a very good idea. And you're like, that is the worst subtitle. Someone at THQ. Yeah, exactly. And where Ten, are they now? What's the, what's the sequel to... Full Spectrum Warrior, gonna be, uh, 10 Hammers going to be called. 12 Ten Hammers? 2. 10 Hammers 2. <laughs> you know, Stop. Oh, hammer time. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> duh, 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 duh. But I like FSW, I think. To be honest, it would have been better game. if it was called Hammer Time, I think. Oh, uh, sports, just... full, full Special Warrior, Hammer Time. Oh, see, that's actually better. <laughs> it's amazing. The first game was very good, and I think, you know, with the current Vogue for military shooters and all of that, I think it, it would do quite well as long as they market it like you actually pull the trigger. I am so bored of shooting things. Honestly, you could give me something to shoot now and I just Call like, me. Whatever. You didn't pull the trigger, did you, in Full Spectrum? No, you just... No. Yeah. You set up your fire teams and then you no, kind of... like, go... Yeah, you, you pinch some It was what I kind of wanted Brothers in Arms to be. That was what um, uh, Rainbow Six was like, for me, anyway, because I was not very good at the shooting bits and so whenever I got involved in gunfights in in uh, Rainbow Six I'd get killed and mm. fail the mission back when it was bastard hard right so, yeah. it was about as a maths exam so every single um, game every single level in Rainbow Six was me basically walking around on my own to scope out the level a little bit and then making immaculate plans with different groups doing something then I just stand at the start of the level and just go button and they break <laughs> through the doors and they kill everyone I, uh, yep. I, and then I've won in the, in the latest uh, Ghost Recon, I just used to get the quadrocopter, fly around, mark everyone, and that'd be it. Like, let yeah. the squad just kill I've done things. my work. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm good. Go on, it's guys. It's satisfying now, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a while since I played Full Spectrum Warrior, but the, the, I think the difference between that and Rainbow Six maybe was Rainbow Six was all about planning and getting mm-hmm. it right the first time, whereas I think Full Spectrum Warrior is more about the response. It's like, okay, you're in this situation now. Yeah. And you're being, you're being surrounded. How Anticipation are you get versus reaction, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm really gutted that fucking Deep Silver have got. Um, Saints Row and that because the problem is that means they've got Saints Row and they've kind of got, probably got the studio well not they don't really own the studio but they're going to be working with them for some mm. time and they're probably going to have them just working on that mm. and I think it's a great thing suits them though because I don't know I much prefer Red Faction I was so gutted Gorilla, when they Red yeah. Faction Red Faction Gorilla is one of my favourite open the world games the big bridge games. what's it called something oh. with age the, oh, the, the bridge you can just knock down piece by piece you yeah. get your little hammer and also, it's just, just like hammer time. Like, Refaction hammer time. Or oh. having like the, that, that rifle that could dematerialize bits oh. of stuff. And just having this massive bridge and looking at it and going, and taking out like three or four little bits, but knowing it was like the reverse of Bridge Builder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bridge right. Project. Bridge yeah. Project, yeah. And, the fact, and then just watching this huge thing slowly creak and fall. And they spent so long on that engine, that destruction yeah. engine. Mad. And it was so cool. And then they used it in that one game, and it was like, you know what? It wasn't a perfect game. The story was balls. The characters were rubbish, mm. and some of the emphasis on shooting missions was bad. And actually, my favorite thing in the game were the challenges, where you had to, yeah. uh, it's like destroy this building with six mines, and you had to really like think about how to do it. And I'm gutted because it kind of looks like I don't think Nordic Games are going to make any more games really with some of that stuff. I think it's more likely they'll just make it's money. More like off, legacy sales, I think. Yeah, make money off long term. Who owns stuff. the GeoMod Tech? Is it Volition? I don't know. Um, because yeah, I, I interviewed uh, the guy who came up with that tech when I went to see them to see Red Faction Arm again, which we won't speak anymore. <laughs> but um, and he was just frighteningly intelligent. He looked like a young John Carmack. You know, he had that, that kind of steely look in his eyes that just said, "Worthless." He's like, <laughs> he's like, you don't know anything, and he's just like, "You write about games, do you?" Yeah, mm. he's just like, "I code science. I, I built an entire world in this disc." And you, you can't even work out which version of your to use. <laughs> out. But no, and you know, I just want, I'd, I hope, my dream is a Saints Row game with that destruction. Oh, so I'm awesome. hoping that they've, they've got it and it doesn't, you know, just go to Nordic Games. It was just perfect because, I mean, Mars as an environment as well, like it makes sense to have kind of this sparse, empty environment yeah. that isn't, isn't too system intensive and then have these mad structures mm. that pop up. And just destroying those buildings, so much fun. I loved having situations where I had a couple of things where I was in a gunfight because the fighting was quite hard. You'd get killed quite easily, which meant you had to use cover and had to think mm. smart. Mm. And I had a couple of things where I let 
whole squads of dudes chasing me inside a building as I run through chucking mines <laughs> on, on key pillars. And instead of turning around and shooting, it was like it was still like precision shooting, but it was shooting with like mines. Mm. And then running up the stairs and putting some more down and then getting a rocket launcher and basically like demolishing the whole building and then flying through the roof with a jetpack, watching <laughs> as the building collapsed and killed everyone in it. And it's just like this game is amazing. Yeah, let's all go home and play it now. But then THQ made the biggest fucking mistake ever. Cod money. I want for the cod money. Releasing Armageddon and going, let's not make Gorilla 2. Let's make a shooty game that's not really like the Gorilla. And then when that came out and didn't sell because it was boring B-grade shite, Mm. um, they went, oh no one likes Red Faction. Can it? And just kill the franchise. It's like, so poor. If I could go back in time and just say, no, do Gorilla 2 Mm. or Gorilla... Ten hammers, which would make sense <laughs> in Red Faction. Sense. Then I think the world could be a brighter place. Yeah, while I was there, they were speaking to them about Armageddon. I was thinking, you know, when you guys must know you've been out somewhere to, and they're obviously working hard on this thing. You know, they're they're working long hours because that's what video game development is essentially. And I could see that they were just a little bit defeated by yeah. it. I mean, they were talking up and giving it the kind of the big smiles. But I thought. I, at one point, I just wanted Jim Boone, the chap, is like mm. one of the, the big guys. Was that you go, interviewed? I just want to go, Jim, like, shh, and give him a big hug <laughs> okay. and go, it's not going to be okay, but I'll <laughs> be behind you. you all the time <laughs> on this one. I think I it was thought, a... Oh, yeah, and it, it felt like they were... It, they had Saints Row stuff on the wall. Yeah. They were quickly pulling down as people were coming around, and it, it, it felt like they just wanted to get on again. But I wonder the what they prefer working on. I wonder if they do... Did enjoy doing guerrilla stuff more than Red Faction, no, more than um, Saints Row. And I guess we'll never really know no. officially. But I wonder what the general vibe at the studio was. Yeah, um, I think they they loved Red Faction because they'd um, it was kind of that game that pushed them up. Because they did Descent as well, I think. But yeah. Red Faction on PS2 was I bought that day one. And I was so excited about you the GM. Down the walls. Oh, why? But why have a key when you've got infinite keys in your rocket launcher? Yeah. You know? yeah. And it didn't quite work out, but it was still very cool. And then they. They openly admitted while I was there that Red Faction 2 wasn't very good. Yeah. And I think from that experience, they were like, right, well, we've got to do something we actually want to do now. I think that was, I think um, in my mind, Red Faction Armageddon will be remembered as a real turning point in a bad way for the industry. I think it was a bit of a zeitgeist thing. It was just like, it was the point at which we started to all go, why have all these games got this sort of the same game feel? And that's continued. Mm. I think actually Andy Kelly at that point started. He's an awesome game journalist. He does brilliant stuff on Twitter. You should follow him. He's called at Ultra Brilliant. But he started up a, a kind of blog which was Bold Space Marine Guessing Game and it was just like <laughs> lots and lots of Bold Space Marines. It's like, can you name the games they're all in? And it's just yeah. like highlighting the fact that so many main characters in games are just these gruff, mm. bold dudes. And I think that was the one that pushed him over the edge. It was just like, why is it... An- why does games need another gruff, bald dude? Like well, it seems, and I think it comes back to what you said earlier, Matt. That it's one another one of those things. What like you say about Rockstar? It's they took the element of the game, the primary element of the game, which is so good and what got people in, and made it secondary to the zeitgeist at the time. Which and you you just crush it in that way. I'm not saying that Rockstar did it no. anywhere near as bad, but I see why people say that about GTA because the watchword for Grand Theft Auto has always been fun. And although I found GTA 4 to be fucking loads of fun, a lot of people were like, where's the flamethrower? Where's the tank? Yeah. Where's the katana? Where's the jetpack? Where's the jet? Me? You know, yeah. and, and now you've got phone calls from your bloody mistress moaning at you. You want to go bowling. You, you can't fly anything really apart from some choppers. So it seems like, they, you know, especially with Armageddon, they're like, this destruction engine's amazing. Let's put it in two rooms. All right, done. It says a lot that my favourite thing about GTA 4 was the mod where people made it so you could be an elephant. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's amazing. Just watching videos of an elephant driving a sports car into stuff is just like... And another one where you can be a horse. I think it's what's called a, the Super Pony. Oh, if you remember what it is... What's the name? Oh, no, I know which one you're talking about. It's like something kins. And again, if you remember, then please post a, uh, amazing. a comment um, as well, on either the website <laughs> Like Tokyo or Jungle. Ooh. Great game, Tokyo Jungle. I really want to play that. Not played it yet. You not play Tokyo Jungle? Not yet, no. It's like SOS of Final Escape meets Metal Gear meets Animals. Oh. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so good. You play, oh, Isn't Rain. it like it's the apocalypse and all the humans are dead, so it's just animals fighting in Tokyo? Yeah, but it's, it's brilliant. It's like all sorts of animals. It's the best like, survival horror game in years. 
It's honestly, it's so good. Oh, box quotes are plenty today. <laughs> if you want any of these quotes to appear on your boxes, then call now. <laughs> it's a pound, a pound a quote. Ooh. More than usual. Yes. One, <laughs> one full pound, please. No more, no less. That's a joke, by the way. There's never any money involved with any of that stuff. Um, not that anyone really care. Um, so, other news, uh, probably Ratchet and Clank movies, big for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you're a big fan of Ratchet and Clank, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And you love movies, uh, don't you? No. Oh. oh. Ratchet and Clank TV yeah. show? No. Oh, yeah, produced by AMC. Yeah. Oh. Gritty. John Hamm. <laughs> Ratchet is a... Lorax, Thorax. Sure. <laughs> Something like that. But no, I don't know much about it, other than it's out in like two years' time. Yeah, you, you guys have seen that excited. I'm not excited about it. Me and Chris are excited. You're yeah, excited, right? I think it looks brilliant. I love the trailer for it as well. Yeah, yeah, I, they're kind of playing like with the fact that the animators are messing around with them whilst they're doing it. I, I think it looks good. Well, they've always been good at breaking the kind yeah. of fourth wall in the games. Oh, yeah. And actually, I realised that as I kept playing them, that I was really just playing them for the story in the cutscenes because mm. the characters are awesome. Quark is an amazing mm-hmm. character. Quark is great. Um, and the yeah. first game had some of the best cutscenes, like genuinely laugh out loud stuff. And even I think it might, might be good for a film is that animated films like that are only as good as their ideas. And actually what Ratchet and Clank did best was the ideas. Yeah. And what I loved was getting a new gun and being like, what the hell does this do? <laughs> and the upgrades weren't just like, I mean, it's like, what, what game were we slagging off recently for the upgrades? Um, uh, not being very, was oh, it Army of Two? Not being very imaginative? I think, yeah, kind of. Uh, no, I can't remember. It might be um, Tomb Raider, actually. Um, no, Bioshock? Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock. That's the one. The upgrades, All games. <laughs> most games. But Bioshock Infinite was particularly uninventive when it was like, plus 25 damage to your pistol damage. Yeah. And in Ratchet and Clank, it was like, oh, it was the mental. I remember mm. there were ones like, oh, yeah, so um, when the grenades explode, it... it causes a mini nuclear explosion or something like it was just like you really when you upgraded it you'd have this little sequence where it would spin it round and up tr- turn it into something new and the change often would be so drastic yeah. mm. it wouldn't it would never be like oh that's not what i want anymore it would still be the same thing yeah but it would they just be silly like you could you end up having like robotic spiders that you could remote control that had sniper rifles attached <laughs> to them and stuff like armed and dangerous where you could fire the shark out through the yeah. floor. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. I think the best game in uh, the original Ratchet and Clank was called The Rhino. Did you ever get that far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It costs so much money. It costs like two million bolts. And to get it, you had to have a new game plus. Like, you pretty much had to complete the game and then play about halfway through the game again, which actually ended up being a lot of fun because mm. it was such a good game. But then you, when you had enough money, you'd buy it. And it was just a rocket launch that had like loads of ammo. And every time you pulled the trigger, it used one bit of ammo. It would fire 50 <laughs> tiny rockets, which would launch into the sky and spiral around like mad. And then just home down on everything. That is Ratchet and Clank. It just described, it's, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was literally just like, you just fire it into the end and go, dunk, and then you'd kill like half the enemies in the level. And it was just so ludicrously overpowered. But it was sort of like... Yeah, it was worth it mm. just to spend 10 hours grinding just so you could have that massive smile on your face. Well, they've got Fuse next, haven't they? I'm one. really worried about Fuse, but... Um, Are you? Yeah, I'm really worried about Fuse. I think the weapons stuff could be quite cool. I think but... Fuse actually looks like a really good game. Um, and it, No, that's, that's wrong. I think Fuse looks like a really boring game. <laughs> but I think Fuse is a really good game because I, pl- I thought it was dull and I was like, what is this? But then I started playing it and... Um, the way it works with the co-op is really strong. I love the way that basically um, when you're fighting these massive robot mechs that move towards you, you're like pummeling them with ammo and you feel like you're doing nothing and you're doing like no damage uh, because their weak points are off on their back and stuff. But it's not just like, oh, but if I shoot them enough, they'll die. You really feel like these things are coming towards you. And even just hitting a weak point doesn't do that much damage, but it might like make them flinch for a second, which might give your buddy a chance to get away. So you really have that sense of playing co-op of being like, Guys, guys, because it's not slowing down and you can't slow it down and you need them to help you, mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to die. And there's all the different types, all the different characters have their own stuff. Then it says the one with the big shield. Yeah. And you can hide behind that shield while you're... Sh- you can shoot through the shield, but bullets can't come back through it's it. It's great. So you'll work yeah. together. What do they call it? Competitive or something silly like that. <sighs> this is the problem with this game is I think that the way they're trying to communicate about it is they're using the same bullshit technique as they do with all the big games. And it works for big games because they're big games. Mm. But with a game like this, they're just saying, oh, here are the bullet points about why this game's cool. And they're making up phrases like they've got their own term for horde mode. And it's like, oh, no, it's not horde mode. It's echelon mode. Echelon think, mode, yeah. And you're just like, guys, this shit does not work anymore. When you've got a game like this, you need to just be like, this is actually interesting because of this, mm. and not having a list of features. This is not why it's the same. I mean, that just seems like, 
you know, from a distance, it looks like a rubbish version of Gears of War, yeah. and it's not. It's more interesting than that. Um, I had a lot more fun with it than I expected. Yeah, to precisely. It, it looks it looks bad, but it's not. I'm excited because you're excited. I think uh, it's going to be so good. exciting. You know, just for some context. Unfortunately, Matt will not stop going on about views, and that's fine. Everyone needs their, you know, mm-hmm. champion a game. If you think it's wrong, if you think it's being marketed wrong, people won't play it. Fucking get behind it. I think the views is going to be um, the. I hate to say this, but I think views is going to be the binary domain of this year. In the fact that I think it's going to review really well. And I think reviewers are going to actually go, come away from it being like, actually, this is really good. Mm. But I think it's going to sell appallingly. Because of the fact that the marketing um, EA, they're not doing anything interesting with it. And they're certainly not um, willing to get press involved in the process in a meaningful way. Uh, and I think that these days, just, just having some preview write-ups of it going, it looks quite good, does not cut it. We need to work with them if they want us to help promote their good products. But they're going to learn that the hard way, because Fuse is probably screwed. Mm. Uh, anyway, we've got some time for some questions. We have indeed. Let's do it. These are mainly from Twitter, I think. Uh, let's, let's see what we're going. Matthew Nellis actually turned up what? on Twitter with it. I thought question. he was dead. Nellis? Dead. Yep. I've been telling everyone he's dead. Apparently not. Or someone's got hold of his Twitter details Dave, anyway. I paid you ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did, you know, bury it. And <laughs> he's got a, Oh my god. He's got an unbelievably important question for you guys. Not a lot I can do. You, I'm you, worried. Now. You can only on. <laughs> you can only ever wear one of these two items for the rest of your life. And think about that. Yeah. Socks or shoes. Ooh. For the rest of your life. Do you, shoes they... shoes provide, you know, shoes. More colour, but can you get a comfortable enough pair of shoes yeah, for that? Are you can, joking? Yeah, joking. Shoes. Shoes, yeah. You fool. That's shoes. As long question. as it's not the same pair of shoes. What about sock shoes? No. Should anyone ever what? wear sock shoes? Well, they do, what don't they? they? they, what, they like, there's really like, weird black things that, that look, are just sock shoes. They look like sort of wetsuit material. Like that kind of lycra type stuff. Oh, I know, mm. yes. The combination of the two. Shoes, all the way. Like, uh, what? What I'd that? go shoes if you can include slippers within that. See, you can. Variety. Technically, shoes. You reckon so? Absolutely. Okay. I'd go shoes. What if you step on a nail while you're in your socks? Exactly. You're out like walking home down alone Cro- or something. Croydon High Street, and you step on something untoward, like mm. a needle, yeah. and you're like, <laughs> or, or, oh, or a dead baby. Of them on now I've Street. got the AIDS. Whoa! Great. Yeah. Why wasn't I wearing shoes? I'm an idiot. Oh. Shoes could save your life. And also, like shoes are very versatile now. Like, the, the, is it Tom's the brand of shoes that are really comfortable? You can wear them with like just no socks. Exactly. I see. I see chavs wearing shoes with no socks all the time. Wear boat well, you shoes guys with gonna... no socks. Yeah. 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 You guys are gonna have some smelly shoes. And... I've never understood the point all. of slippers though. You've never understood. Because... Always been a bit of an anom- it's anomaly. Like someone's hugging your feet. Do you have carpets in your house? Yeah. Ah, that's why. Because slippers are awesome if you have like um, a lot of house in your a lot of floor in your house that's like a, either lino or wood. Right. Because in the winter it gets really cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you need that protection when you're going down to have a mm-hmm. nice cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. After yeah, feet. Yeah. You don't know, man. You Dave, weren't there. <laughs> you look, your, your world is so comfortable, Dave. Don't want chilly toes. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. Um, should we should we get something vaguely gaming related? Do you reckon? Yeah, whatever. Reckon really? So? Who cares? Okay, then. What's the deal with aeroplane food? What's the deal with aeroplane? What is the deal with That's aeroplane food? Why is Gaston, it? isn't it? Yes. That's his question all the time. <laughs> he asks that, that all the time. Why? Yeah, I is. don't hate aeroplane um, food as much as what everyone is the else seems to. Food? Why does it have to be? It is pretty gross. Isn't no, there not. a reason for it? Isn't there the reason that the pressurisation yeah. has an effect on you know, taste buds? But surely so, they can do something. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the deal with aeroplane food is. It. These days, it's actually really good. I've been on loads of flights, and um, in the past couple of years, it's yeah. brilliant. When I look mm-hmm. back from first class into the other ones, that's awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, oh, these people are sitting together. Business class is great. I flew blisters, blisters <laughs> class once. Um, sorry, I had a flashback of the fact that I was so drunk on business class. <laughs> they give you champagne proper cutlery. Sir? Yeah, they filled me with champagne. It was like a petrol pump going into my mouth. It was basically like, more champagne, sir, more champagne. Were you with the England team, by any chance? I'd already necked a large glass of whiskey in the, the lounge, because you get to go into a lounge. <laughs> yeah, VIP lounge, isn't it? And it's got so much booze you can just have whatever you want it's like oh pour your own drinks so I was blasted mm-hmm. but then when I inevitably smashed my champagne glass because I was so drunk on the plane <laughs> they came over and said I'm so sorry Mr Lee it's yeah. like don't apologise <laughs> this is my fault Stop I'm a terrible human also the fact they know your name yeah. you know when they check your tickets when you go on a plane right mm-hmm. the reason they check your ticket when you step onto the plane is must be for this is the fact that if you're in an economy they just go down on the left if you're in business or first then they look at your ticket and they say, just down the left, Mr. Lees. They Brilliant. say your name. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what you're paying for. Ridiculous. Turning, That's what you're paying for. Turning right left on a plane is cool. And for that, it only costs about another grand each way. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's fine, though. That's fine. With all the 
you know, as you know, David Jaffe was like, you know, we're all making 125 grand, you know, mm-hmm. so what's the, you know, wait, what? Exactly. I picked up the keys to a Lambo last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Bosh. Yeah. There's the people are moaning. You're going to start lifestyle blogging soon, aren't you, really? Oh, yeah. All yeah. the celeb pics of Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me hanging out with. Victoria Beckham getting pants. Yeah. That's yeah. when you can use the name Dave Scandal Scammel. That Ooh. is the perfect point for it because you can celebrity scandal. That aren't, is that's your future. Aren't you a guest uh, guesting on the Kardashians? Uh, at home with the Kardashians. No or idea. I'm definitely a believer though. Yeah. <laughs> tell you that he couldn't leave her if he tried. Have you guys no. been on the staff page by the way? Not yet. No. Oh, I have. I have. It's amazing, it's, but I hate my photo. It's, it's fantastic. I think everyone does. We've got a brand new staff page, haven't we? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Well, when you hover, over, well, it's worth checking out. I know that when you hover over people's faces, their faces change. Yeah. I don't know what my face does yet, so don't spoil the surprise for okay. me. Hopefully, it's Postman Pat though, because <laughs> I am like a cross between Postman Pat and Jeremy Paxman. Um, <laughs> well, that's not what you've got, unfortunately. <gasps> no, oh, sorry, not, no. Um, actually, this this refers to you in particular, Matt. How do you get your hair so fluffy? Asks Miss Frozen, uh, colon, free. Practice. Practice? Yeah. Fluffing practice. That's just, just practice. Just, uh, you just got to work hard at it. And right, I, think, I feel like we need to have at least one gaming question. Yeah, let's it's, do it. It's got to be done. Um, Microsoft silence when it comes to the Xbox. How costly is that going to prove? Not very. Not, Not costly at all. at all. Not costly at all. You think as soon as the as soon they announce it, everyone's going to go, yes! Because there's no <laughs> void in video games, right? Stuff has to be filled. You know, there has to be news, there has to be speculation, there has to be rumour, there has to be bullshit, frankly. And why not fill the space if you're like, oh, well... with the Because people always assume the worst, and they will assume the worst until on May 21st or whenever, Microsoft go, hey... This is the new Xbox, and everyone's pants just explode. They've got, they're in a great position. I mean, basically, like Sony have gone, come out first, which seems good now, but mm-hmm. it means that they've had like months to basically... They probably already knew what they were doing anyway, mm. but it means they've had months to now go, oh, okay, and they can make sure that when they come out, what they've got on offer looks more exciting. Yeah. You know what? You know why Battlefield hasn't been announced for next gen, or why FIFA hasn't been announced for next gen? Because I guarantee you, yep. they're going to come out next month, and then they're going to go... Here's Call of Duty on the next Xbox. Here's Battlefield on the next Xbox. Here's FIFA on the next Xbox. And Sony's got fucking Knack and Drive Club. And they're going to be like, <laughs> what console do you want? And, and then, obviously... They just said that. that was the, and Sony's got Knack and fucking Drive Club. And I know. Everyone knows the games are going to come out on both consoles. Yeah. But it's perception. Yeah, absolutely. It is perception. And also they're going to dominate E3 with it. So, I mean, that's the big thing. Is mm-hmm. It's like, so, Nintendo's not going to have anything big to talk about. Sony are going to be able to go, this is what it looks like. And they'll show us the final mock-up of what the console looks like. Um, but Xbox are all going to be like, Xbox, Xbox. It wouldn't surprise me if Microsoft are just money-hatted a lot of people like they did with GTA before and did with Call of Duty this generation. That's what I mean, like the EA stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening EA, at all. here's 500 million. Fucking have it. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be a better console, but yeah, they're fine. The silence is not a problem at all. A lot of people seem to think that somehow that there's a, it's a PR boo-boo by yeah, not well, saying anything, but it doesn't make sense. nothing they can do. Difference. They're not just going to come out and alter their plans and announce the Xbox because there's people on a forum. And also, like, like, it doesn't matter because for people like us, we are just hitting F5 on the internet mm, constantly. Mm, and yeah, we'll hear about it whenever. Really, for a company like uh, Microsoft now, the Xbox, it's all about getting that consumer hit. And that's why... Sony came out earlier because actually Sony are trying to appeal to the hardcore gamers more yes. because they lost them and they know that they probably can't compete with Microsoft on a consumer level on a, in the same way anymore. And Microsoft are all about E3 because every year at E3, and this will happen again this year, people go, oh, those conferences were so bad. It was all casual stuff. And it's because E3 is, is a big industry thing. Yeah, and it means that it's the only time when they actually manage to co- communicate to the consumer press. And people yeah. forget that. And it's basically, it's a big enough event that US media of all types will go, we're here at E3, and the big thing is X. And they'll have a five-minute news story on one thing. The BBC will be there. Yeah, and it will all be Xbox. It will be the new Xbox. And It's fun to take the piss out of, who was it, the singer? Usher. It's fun to take the piss out of Usher being on their stage. He does the job. What was in the newspapers the next day? Usher. Usher. Yeah. So when Sony, sorry, when, uh, was it E3 2009 or eight when they had... Um, Microsoft have the Beatles or the remaining Beatles come on to speak about Beatles rock band and they had um, loads of people come on and talk about uh, Peter Molyneux and everyone talking about uh, Milo and Kate and then Sony followed it with two R&D guys who looked with move in their hands who looked like they were undergrads oh, yeah. and they looked terrified with the light thing they were like this is the the light and everyone yeah. was like fuck me 
<laughs> I feel so sorry for you boys. <laughs> but it's perception. Once I've had that big party beforehand with um, was Lady Gaga, Eminem was there. Oh, Everyone's like, oh, well, that was the Activision thing, though, wasn't not... it? Eminem. Yeah, that was Activision. Oh well, same thing. You know, dialing yeah. into the same consumer thing. Microsoft did do one for Connect, didn't that they? Was with, the, with the weird that. suit oh, so thing to wear. Yeah, sorry. That, that was Activision show was mental. It I don't, was literally I don't like, about it. look at how much money we've got. It was <laughs> yeah. just a pop concert. It was just like a ridiculous... <laughs> I wasn't there, but just looking at the lineup afterwards, it was like Eminem, Kanye West. It was just like everyone turned up and went, I'm Kanye West, here's one song. Bye. And it's yeah. like, write the check, done. And it was literally, it was like... It's just such crass. It's like everything I hate about American games publishers are basically going, hey guys, how much would it cost to whack our dicks on the table? And it's like 100 million and we'll get nothing out of it other than everyone else going, wow, they've got quite a big dick. Let's do it. And it's just like, it's such a horrendous waste of money. It's like, fuck you guys. Seriously. Probably tax deductible as entertainment though, so. But they could have made a game. They could have made a couple of games with the money well, they Activision, spent. making games. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. They do shooting and toys. Um, anyway, a couple more questions. Actually. We've got time for one or two more. Uh, ba, 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 um, somebody said, are you all wrestling fans and what was your favourite game? Now, it's mainly Miller, right? Yeah. Favourite wrestling game? I don't... Yeah. WCW versus NWO Revenge. I'm not like a huge wrestling fan anymore. You, you chat with Simon quite a bit. Yeah, but I'm more interested in kind of wrestling in not while she goes on in the ring, but mm. like the politics behind it. Not, and I'm not talking about the like the backstage stuff. Yeah, I'm more interested in the fact that Vince McMahon, you know, is running this empire. I think it's just, he's, <laughs> it's actually a really interesting story, but I'm not going to go into it. So I find the whole thing fascinating, but the in ring stuff, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I never watch any of it. But uh, but yeah, you what was that game on the on the 64 with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the front? That was um, the one that I always seem to remember as oh, the one yeah. people go on about. W- that attitude? Yeah, where well, he's, he's doing the in the tower. It's got Maybe. a red cover, right? Mm, I liked know. all of the N64 ones, really, most of them, because they were just silly, and it was just fun, four-player nonsense. And I know Absolutely. I liked wrestling, but they were, they were just they, daft. They were, they were good was, games. Like, good games that... They were good games that also happened to be about wrestling. I like the fact you just ended up immediately, everyone, rather than something getting thrown out of the, the ring and then fighting outside the ring, which is what happens in wrestling. You just... Somebody would climb out and then pick up a chair, and it would just end yeah. up being like, let's go to each other chairs! <laughs> um, it was great fun. Uh, we've got some more... Uh, Diesel Pumper asks, how good is... Chucky Dregs, it's very good. It's an easy question. Stevie Ward says, shoe on head, question mark. Sometimes. I'm going to go for yes. Yeah. Depending on the Solid, weather, yeah. I'd say. Wouldn't like it. Yeah. Wouldn't like it. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, one last question about games. True Englishman, okay, Thomas Mike says, what's more important in the game, solid gameplay or a fantastic story? And does this vary from AAA titles to indie games? <sighs> I think it. you've got to have one or the other, personally. I don't think both are essential, weirdly. Um, uh-huh. There are, you know, I think Catherine is one of those games that's got like a really interesting story, but the gameplay yeah. is fucking oh, it's awful. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you can play Call of Duty, and I enjoy the Call of Duty single players because I know what they are. The story makes zero sense. It's a negative yeah. figure in terms of Everyone's sense like, it makes, oh, but it's fun. It's a shooting gallery. You just hit, you're just shooting tin cans as they pop up, and it's like it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> dong, 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 oh, dong. the the Eiffel Tower just fell over. Brilliant. Cool. You know why not? So a bit of both. But I prefer it when people go all out with that. Like that's why games like Binary Domain are so awesome is the mm. fact that it knows that it's fun shooting people in the head so when you shoot somebody a robot in the head it makes a wonderful noise like ching ching oh. when you get headshots it, it rewards you for every headshot with like just a little pat on the back going mm. yeah. Yeah, you're the man. yeah and I think yeah I reckon games have either got to have amazing stories and screw the gameplay like The Walking Dead where it's just like it doesn't need a game it's just a brilliant interactive story mm. or just be a game yeah. And it's weird how often now we play games where we're like, this is a video game, and we get so excited because it's like... Army of Two. Yeah, it's not, it's not afraid <laughs> to be. Oh, so good. That is the game, game. champion now, isn't it? Oh, everyone, I, I was at, just briefly, I was at EA the other day um, and uh, seeing FIFA 14, and they had like a demo unit in the lobby. I was speaking to a couple of PR guys. They had a demo unit up playing with Army of Two, and I was like you do know that that game is complete rubbish, essentially, but it's brilliant. And they, I won't say who it was, but they were like, well, you know, and quite political. And I was like, you've made this so good by mistake. I was like, so good. And then, and then I immediately left. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, did yeah. you choose you to leave? Or... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, I thought now might be the time. Yeah. And just went You out. saw the security move. Yeah. And you thought, I'm going to go now. I'm not being fired. I'm leaving. <laughs> 
Uh, and finally, yeah, we'll just touch on the, uh, the member of the month competition. Uh, for those of you not familiar with member of the month, it's all on the forum. Basically, uh, once a month we give away three games. One person for being good on the forum and getting voted to be the best on the forum. Uh, one person for voting, and it's a random draw. Basically, you vote for anyone and you might win. And thirdly, my favourite, we do something daft yeah. and people can win something for being generally excellent. The competition we're doing at the moment this month, which ends in, is it a couple of weeks or next week? Uh, a couple of weeks. I think we've got a couple of weeks. We're halfway through. Is to create a fictional solution to a fictional point-and-click adventure game. Because <laughs> uh, we were yeah. talking about games like Sam and Max and Dare Technical about how some of the solutions stuff and that were ridiculous. And we've had so far, I'm just going to mention a couple of entries which are brilliant, sort of like set the bar for, for any future ones but uh, Grammatron has made this incredible kind of point and click he's that's actually, my favourite so far he's mocked it up he's actually like look he's actually wow. mocked up this <laughs> UI and settings for it's how the game works pissed. it's called Pissed it's <laughs> spelled P-Y-S-T it's better than is, Skyrim's UI I'll tell them that it much. is it's better for <laughs> not PCs with mods. Yeah. not with mods <laughs> But uh, it's incredible. It's got this sort of action log about going through stuff like leave pub, go to tube, tube closed, <laughs> swear, fall over, hail taxi, taxi hailed, fare refused, fall over, go to kebab shop. And it continues <laughs> until it's find keys, find keys, swear, find keys, keys unavailable. And, it's, and, then, and then finally saying, knock on door and wake up girlfriend, yes or no. Oh, that's actually um, genuinely very good. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's genuinely brilliant. Um, but you should still enter the competition if you haven't, because you might beat him. But at the moment, he's kind of nailing this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, do go to the forum and you will see all sorts of stuff. And also you might as well just say hello. Why not? We're, we won't bite your head off. Uh, my other favourite entry actually is a reference to Dark Souls Pants Man by NGZ, which is saying, you exit a doorway onto a church roof. After walking forwards a couple of steps, you notice that two of the goggles have come to life and are out for your blood. All you have is your reinforced club, stamina boosting shield, and your pants. Your club is not strong <laughs> enough to hurt the goggles in any significant way. You need to weaken them. What do you do? And of course, the answer, as anyone who watched Dark Souls Pants Man Live knows, is to sing My Sharona by the Knack, <laughs> which is their only weakness. Knack! <laughs> It did work. It did amazingly work. I died on those gargles many times and still people in the live stream started demanding that we sang My Sharona whilst doing the boss battle. And we beat them. What? So so, so Sony need that, don't they? Sony need that. You know, the whole knack thing. Get Sony get to get... the knack that, of it. That's, that should be the song. Instead of some really twatty... When you start the machine. did they open the yes. conference with yeah. that? Oh, I went like a teenage boy again. Didn't they open the conference <laughs> with that song? Did or am they? I making that up? Did they? No, I'm making it up. You're yes. making that up. It's yes. in your dream. Would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, actually, we have put up the latest episode of Doc Souls Pants Man. If you want to catch up on that, it's quite fun. Last night, uh, I managed to kill a giant Chaos Witch spider was singing Lady, a bit yeah. of Lady in Red by mm-hmm. Chris Berg. So it's, that would put anyone down, to be honest. That, was, that song. That was a tough night. It was a really <laughs> tough night. <laughs> it just broke me mentally. Combination physically. of Matt singing and repeatedly dying. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty hard. But if, if you're into kind of, you know, mental flagellation, then uh, do check that out. And I think that's about all we've got time for this week on the Video Gaming UK podcast. But as ever, thank you very much for joining us. If you have enjoyed it, then you can subscribe on the iTunes. Yep. You can subscribe on the YouTube. And why not give the podcast to your family for Christmas? <laughs> it's a lovely present that doesn't cost any monies at all. Yep. Um, anyway, my name is Matt Lees. I've been joined by Chris Pratt, Bye. Steve Burns, See ya. and David Scammell. Bye. Goodbye.